Hey, this is Sophie, and you're listening to a very special episode of the Superlit Podcast. The Superlit Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBTQIA community. And this is our 69th episode. Nice, 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 nice. For this very special episode, we decided to reach out to some of our authors we've talked to previously and see what they're up to and any new projects or books to look forward to in the next year. Without further ado, here's part two of episode 69. Nice. Our first guest for episode 69, part two, is Gay Bondage Fly, Ryan Lasala, author of Reverie. Oh, here's Miss Lasala. Let's not admit her. Oh. Oh, there she is. Hey, Beth. Yes, with the neon hoodie gang. Let's go. She's at me. Right. Oh my God, Brendan, also, fucked up. Brandon, what the fuck? I put on some highlighter colors now. Um, <laughs> Stop having shadows. somber fall colors. Put on something bright. Yeah, Brandon, you look sad. You're making me sad. I have a braid and a, a pony. A high pony. Thing. Yeah, like what? That is I'm, pretty good. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> That's pretty good. Perfect. And there are no dogs there today. No dogs here, but replacing the dogs, I have my, my friend John right behind Hi. me. Uh, um, John and I are eating pizza. Not yet. The pizza's on its way. What Ooh. kind of pizza? Um, arugula and prosciutto. <gasps> oh, she said the finery. Yeah, only. no, we're, we're very wealthy. We're just talking about how wealthy we are. Wealthy white women. Yeah, I just, She yeah. owns 51% of this company. I own 51% of the Zoom meeting. <laughs> So we just wanted to catch up with you and see how things are going. I think you like have like something coming out. I think you like are like writing something. Called. Yeah, I do that. I do mm. that. We have a book coming out on January fifth, um, Eastern time. But you know, mm. no one knows about it. It's a big secret. Is it Ooh. like um, breaking news? What's the opposite of be dazzled? Non dazzled. See dazzled. See. <laughs> Yikes. Ooh. Also, before we get too far into the conversation, I was wondering if possible mm. you could do, um, because we're becoming radio DJs, obviously, um, yeah. if you could just do our opening, which is, my name is Ryan LaSala, and you're listening to the Superlit Podcast. My name is Ryan LaSala, and you are listening to the Superlit Podcast. much but i do have gusto <laughs> i wish i could pay my rent in gusto that would be great uh, i understand um the the uh, um angler fish behind you looks like you have a crown on so it just looks mm-hmm. like you're very like i'm royalty mm-hmm. as, i get that feedback a lot and i think that it's doing wonders for my like zoom presence because now like mm-hmm. it's made me think like should i get an actual crown and wear it because a lot of people seem to be reading that so i don't know it's just like the royal blood in my veins probably <laughs> I have a crane, a crane, wow, a crown that hangs on my wall. It's made of amethyst points. 
So oh, I had made. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. That's a good deal nicer than a, like, paper mache anglerfish. Well, I mean, like, I don't know about that. Like, a paper mache anglerfish in which Halloween this year has, you know, seen that and been like, oh, we need to, ma- we need to mass produce this costume. Yeah, I'm just being nice. I think that mine's better. <laughs> I'm just being polite. I'm just being, thank you for being polite on the Zoom meeting. Of course. Um, so we brought you only. Yeah, we brought you back um, so we can learn about your house servant, but also um, <laughs> glad you can't hear me. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but so we can also ask you um, about your book. Um, it sounds like you have something coming out next year. Yeah, do you want me is to tell next you? year or is it like two, two years? It is barely next year. It's okay. January 5th, 2021. So, so next month. Yeah. A couple so of months. Ooh. Very yeah. soon. Yeah. That's exciting. I'm very excited. Yes. Should I? Yeah, we, give is, us, have, we be, have we begun? Is yeah, I guess, do I guess this is where we are. All right, I'll give you the spiel. Okay. <laughs> so, so as you may or may not have heard, Brian LaSala, famed writer of Reverie, um, which was a Barnes & Noble book club pick, just so you know, uh, has written a second book. I'm Ryan for anyone at home. Um, and the book is called Be Dazzled. And it's, uh, it's a young adult, like queer rom-com. It's about arts and crafts and cosplay and like Comic-Con. Um, but mostly it's about, uh, these two ex-boyfriends that are competing against one another in this like very highly publicized, highly televised, like arts and crafts cosplay competition. Mm -hmm. Um, the main character, his name is Rafi. He's like a young, like, prodigal arts and crafts artist he's trying to prove to his mom who's like an actual like famous artist that like his arts and crafts or his art is like a a real thing um so there's a lot online for him and he uh he doesn't expect to go up against his ex-boyfriend but that's like what happens in chapter one uh and so the rest of the book is actually going back and forth between like the present day storyline, this like competition that they're embroiled in, but also we get to read about how Rafi met this boy Luca and became sort of like crafting partners and then romantic partners and like what went wrong leading up to the present day. So Mm -hmm. while we're learning about like them competing against each other, we're also watching them like, you know, meet one another, um, create like a really kind of like fraught, I would say unstable romantic relationship and then you know we, we get to see it fall apart too so cool. Ooh. <laughs> she yeah. sounds juicy yeah i love that yeah uh as a person who went to many anime conventions mm-hmm. in high school and college i'm like really excited for the messiness that's gonna happen yes <laughs> you know, like so sophie you've like been to these things like first of all anime people are the like weirdest people in the world and i say that oh, yeah. being like an anime person oh like, mm-hmm. yeah yeah like in writing um, about them was a pure joy because there's so much so much, it's like so rich like the content there is just rich it's mm. just everyone's involved with everyone else mm-hmm. and you just always no matter how hard you try you always end up like walking into someone's like room and then someone sees their ex and you're yep. like, what? I didn't. Mm-hmm. You guys live in four states. So how do you know each other? And I was like, yeah, because oh, well. it like brings people together. And like, it's it's like this is gonna sound so bad, but I'm also one of these people. It's like the only time that you see these people the entire yep. year is like these like cons, right? And so like, yeah. it's high pressure to basically like unspool all of the social tension that you build up like on the forums that the mods didn't catch. Like that's basically what it is. We're gonna talk about the deviant art DMs that we didn't talk about before. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's like so heightened because like at the same time. 
someone's dressed up as like Sasuke and like someone else is like dressed up as like Sailor Venus and they're just punching each other at like the late night karaoke bar. Like it's just, it's nothing. <laughs> it's like those moments in drag race where people are either having the like highest, like emotional breakdown. Like someone is telling you about their trauma or they're about to throw down and they're like in half makeup, like baking. Right. That's, that's the energy. It's so good. I, I live for that. And I, I love like, I love also like the behind the scenes of anything really like, mm-hmm. whether it be like a cooking show or like, even if it's like the Olympics, like mm-hmm. anything, like I just love to see what happens like when the cameras aren't on or kind of what the cameras don't catch. And so being able to kind of write that into like a pageant basically, because cosplay competitions have a lot of like pageantry to them. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, they do. You know, was a, was a, was a, a lot of fun to do. I actually got to shadow a bunch of um, cosplayers in the making of this book. And I even got to like attend mm-hmm. a competition and act as someone's handler. So I, I got to like cosplay as someone's cosplay handler, like oh at God. a cosplay competition. And, and she ended up like, she like won a title, which was like great. And so I got to like, be part of the whole process, which was really a lot of fun to kind of see all that. Cause I hadn't, I mean, typically I'm a person in the audience. It's mm-hmm. different. Right. Oh yeah. Gosh. I've never done any competition. I've never, I never entered the competitions. I've never done like the match parades or anything, yeah. but I have had a lot of friends who've done it and it's very high stress. It's so high I'm usually stress. the person that's like, I'll just hold your bag. Let yeah. me know if you need something. That's like, Sophie. That's anytime me. I'm in drag, she's like, "Oh, I'll hold well, that yeah, for you." So I'm like, "Thank you for maintaining my bag." <laughs> the most important I'll take care of your in a cosplay is the one holding the bag, like yeah. in the battery and the water. Like I'm usually mm-hmm. that person. You guys, so mm-hmm. you guys know my ex boyfriend Sal, right? Like you probably have seen him on Twitter. Do you know who this is? I don't know. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, so I'll have to. I'll have to send you something mm-hmm. after this when we're not being recorded, but. <laughs> My ex, Sal, is like a, he like usually cosplays and we actually got into cosplay together. He was like sort of already in it and sort of introduced it to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But now like whenever, and we're still good friends, but we, um, whenever we like do cons, like he'll always do like a huge cosplay. And ironically, I don't have time to put a cosplay together because I'm too busy writing about it. So I'm always (laughs) carrying his bag and stuff like that. Like I basically act like as his handler in Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. of these like cons. So it's, it's become a thing that I'm like very fond of doing, but I'm hoping that I get to do I mean, if cons ever come back, I hope I get to actually dress right. up myself and compete and stuff like that because I would love to. That would be so fun. I've spent right. so many years like just being like, because I in high school I went real hard, mm-hmm. and then I just hit a point where I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. So let me find something I can dress up as that's like still accurate and fun, mm-hmm. but is basically just me wearing the clothes I wear every day yeah. and being really relaxed. <laughs> that's what. So- learned that that's called the like the at least the cosplayers that i was talking to they call that a co- uh, closet cosplay yeah so it's like something that you pull on from your closet and that's like i have plenty of those so like i'll go to a con and i'll just wear like a sexy moth costume and like oh, yeah. call it a day. one time i went to a con and everyone's like oh my god we love your dwayne the rock johnson co- or <laughs> costume and it's just because i was wearing like a black turtleneck with like an exposed gold chain so everyone thought i was um, that, yeah. like, like the rock photo that like you also is- have a fanny pack because that's the whole no, one I know, I know no. fanny pack, but everyone everyone was like oh my god cool cosplay dude and i was like this is so embarrassing that like i just showed up in my actual outfit and everyone's like who are you who are you dressed as me i had like the opposite happen last halloween because like i'm not trying to like go hard at my office and like really dress up but i was like oh last halloween i happened to have like a blue bowl cut and like had i remember this 
and I bought like I was just like living my best life in a lot of jumpsuits so I did like a closet cosplay Bulma Mm -hmm. Dragon Ball Z and everyone was like are you wearing a costume because you kind of just look like yourself and I was like yeah I think I've just morphed into this every day I've become this anime character (laughs) I think I've just become extremely my people that is like who this book is written for like a hundred I'm so excited (laughs) yeah I don't think we've read anything like this before either because we, as, as cosplay people, I feel like I've not found that like book. I haven't. I looked and I could have missed stuff. I'm fallible. There's uh, one, I can't think of the title, but I feel like I've definitely picked up a book before. I don't think it was queer, but it was, it was about, about like, it was about someone going to a convention. Yeah. I've seen a few of those. I couldn't find, like yeah. I've seen things with like peripherally cosplay and like, that part of a con will be mentioned. Yeah. But I've never seen anything that's like <laughs> two cosplayers like duking it out. Like I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yet, so. I feel like if anything, like the main character was the friend who's like, I'm not going to dress up, but I'll go with you. And it's them like right. looking at an anime convention from a distance. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, which I'm sure is fine and fun. Everyone's looking at it from a distance. I wanted to do like, a, I wanted like the geode anime convention point of view, like from the inside <laughs> out. Like what, what are we actually dealing with here? And oh, it's like I, a lot. Sorry. I just thought of a, I just have so many anecdotes about anime conventions, but I was, for <laughs> I was working at an office that was really close to the convention center that was in Secaucus in New Jersey. And my boss at the time was a voice actor mm-hmm. for like anime. And one day, like the anime convention started and it was like Friday in the office and everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? Why are these kids in the street? Just like carrying giant swords around. And we just like looked at each other and we're like, just don't, don't yeah, say yeah you can't. don't yeah it's a long discussion I acknowledge them. <laughs> but i was like but yeah. also like i'll see you at the panel later bye finding <laughs> <laughs> yes. secret anime people is my like if i was a bloodhound that's the sense that i'm <laughs> for it's like someone says something and i'm like you you watch tbz i know that i like i and you I watch smell it on, on tsunami yeah i can <laughs> i know where you've been <laughs> you've been on crunchyroll.com <laughs> Sophie yes. and I actually met at an anime convention because I broke her prop. We did, yeah. Do you remember? It was a Keyblade. Yeah. I yeah, was, was, was I was Roxas for a couple of I years. I think I like yeah. picked you out in the like the crowd of people and I was like, give me this. You did I feel like I don't know if I could find it. It's probably gone forever, but I did have like a very grainy, like razor phone video of you fighting with it and then it's breaking. You gotta be careful with those props. They, there's not a real keyblade, Brendan. Okay. It was just so dumb. You think you're, you think you're going to go up against kingdom hearts with like a piece of balsa wood and some foam? I mean, if I've learned anything from Sora, that is correct. That is correct. (laughs) That's that's about right. That's what that's what the game felt like. King Hearts one was unwieldy, (laughs) way too hard. Yeah, uh, I think my brother gave up on the mermaid episode, like episode on the uh, Little Mermaid level. He was like, "I haven't played it since then. It's a terrible game." I'm like. Not the mermaid level, not Pinocchio, because that level's infuriating. Yeah. Yes. Ursula kicks ass. She does. That one with like the cauldron. It's like you basically have to like shoot spells at her bird bath. Like no one tells you this. <laughs> and then like shoots fireballs at her. Yeah. Yeah. That I think I that's like an era of my life. Like, you know, people like Madonna had her like nineties era and I had my shooting fireballs at a bird bath era. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that sounds just as iconic, I think. <laughs> and, and it was. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! I I feel like my brain is empty. All I want to know is more about. I just want to talk more about anime conventions. Yeah, it's just like. Well, you, like yeah, well what can I answer anime? for you? This is actually the first like real interview that I've actually done about 
bedazzled. That was like, uh, yeah, like a first like, podcasting. So I, I, it was like live interview. I did like one that was um, taped and will be like transcribed. That's different. Oh, this, okay. like, yeah. You could really catch me up here if you wanted to. If you've been smart about this. Ooh. Damn it. <laughs> um, well, I guess, I mean, I think you already answered this, but your first book was very magical and like otherworldly. And this mm-hmm. one is just like all real world. Like there isn't going to be some magic hidden in there or is it it's in reality? It's in reality, but I feel like cosplay conventions, or sorry, cosplay, even within like the larger, like liminal space of like a Comic Con, is such mm-hmm. a, like unreality to it. And it's so specific. Oh, yeah. Like you actually have all the same tasks as like a fantasy writer because there's so much world building to be done and so many like yeah. specific laws. Even yeah. physics doesn't really apply in like an anime <laughs> convention, like at all, because things aren't what they should weigh because they're all made out of like foam and plastics and things mm-hmm. like that, too. So, while it is a book set in like our reality and that was, you know, different for me, I actually, it didn't feel too departed from Mm -hmm. like the world of like, you know, inventing like dream spaces and things like that. Mm -hmm. I I can imagine because as you said, like anime conventions really do just, or just in general, like any kind of convention, it operates in its own realm. So it's like, there are so many things that are unreal. Yeah. Um, I don't know why the thing that's like popping to my head at like conventions is just like bad hygiene is the thing that like other than like the fabulous memories, it's the awful hygiene that I'm like, oh my god, I can't imagine Con that right people now. Well, yeah. just in the like showering at conventions, the, you know something's crazy when like you read like like I was at Anime Boston during research for this, and in the pamphlet was like a reminder for people mm-hmm. to shower, and I thought that <laughs> yeah. was absolutely incredible. Well, there's so many people that just like they buy weekend tickets, but they don't get hotel rooms mm-hmm. to save money, or they just book it too late, so they're like, okay, well, I'll just sleep on the floor of the convention center. And yeah. I don't need to shower for four days after being in like a lot of uh, like heavy costume and armor and carrying around like weapons. Yeah, just, you break like, a sweat too early. And this is in the book. It's literally in the book. Like at one point, Raffi, the main character, is like flipping out about something. And May, his best friend, who's like acting as like kind of his like partner, his handler, is like, you can't break a sweat yet because it's too early in the day. We haven't been to judging yet. By the, Like if you sweat now, we're fucked because you're going to mm-hmm. feel awful like an hour from now. Because <laughs> it's like a very real thing of like anybody who dresses up, anyone like in costumes like understands that. And so mm-hmm. it's funny copy editing this book because basically my copy editor couldn't tell me shit because they didn't they hadn't done this and it's such mm-hmm. like a thing that you need to like experience in like mm-hmm. a live way that like yeah no i'm with you the other thing about con people they'll sit on the floor no matter what like oh yes. yeah they'll sit on anything it's incredible mm-hmm. middle of I the staircase like, they're yeah. Sitting oh there. yeah all <laughs> they're sitting, like like on an elevator as the elevator tries to close they're sitting on the partition and they yeah. do not notice and they're eating <laughs> yeah. like it's just there's no regard for like height space hygiene it's like it's truly a type of person i mean and i am that type of person mm-hmm. so i felt okay writing about it but yeah they're like you're they're, one of us it's fine you're allowed <laughs> to write about it <laughs> and like writing like going from writing about like magical drag queens to writing about like you know like people in real life drag queens yeah like real yeah. life like magical <laughs> drag queens it's there's no departure so i think the people who like reverie will like this they're very di- they're still very different books though mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm very excited would you say that this book is, I, I wouldn't say that Reverie is unhinged and like a, a it's just like a <laughs> sp- special kind of unhinged where yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, we're in dreamscape and okay, there's a giant beetle attacking us now. Like, is there, I, I mean, it's a convention, so I'm assuming that it's, it's just like convention unhinged versus like magical unhinged. Yeah. Reverie, you're right. Sort of sits in a very, <laughs> like very privileged spot of being like dream logic world building. So like I could really do whatever I wanted. So I would call Reverie, is referee unhinged what a question um 
yeah, like in a certain way. This I would say is more so though, because like, I don't know anything that like, it like anything that claims to take place like in our world suddenly is signing up for like a bunch of rules and like lists and like mm-hmm. basically like, people are suddenly comparing it to like their own lived experience. But this is such a specific version of our world that like mm-hmm. is real that I think like, I think a lot of people are going to come to this and be like, wow, like this was crazy. I don't think I have anything else specifically that other than like, I'm very excited for bedazzled. Also, mm-hmm. is it B like space dazzled? Because I've been trying to type it and I'm like, yeah, okay. it's B space dazzled. It's on, they're in two separate lines. I don't know how people keep messing it up. <laughs> I just want to make sure that it's Brendan. Answer me this. Answer me this. Yeah. It's my mm-hmm. turn to interview you. First question. So what's excited. wrong with you? <laughs> wow. Clinically. <laughs> I yeah, know, question. I, First of all, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, question number one. I look. I'm just saying. There what do you do successfully? Lives. Yeah, quickly. <laughs> what do you do successfully? Quickly. Ask her. <laughs> the most brutal question. That's. I'm into it. That's yeah. my favorite thing. Drag Race has some good moments, and that's one of the top ones. I love when people take like the Drag Race, like supercuts and they put them to like the like ride of the valkyries like orchestral ring because it's like so urgent and it's like them just like fighting and throwing drinks in each other's face to like yes. really dramatic orchestra music great thing oh my god great we love it do you have yeah. anything sophie because i'm feeling no great. i just wanted to keep talking about anime and anime conventions yeah, forever I so thing that's just i think like we'll just me. start rambling right, let's, more let's, we'll do this game so to wrap up <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you for taking control <laughs> um, i want to hear, hear your favorite anime your least or no actually let's do characters what character would you love to dress up as first and foremost what's like your ideal cosplay like you just like would love to it like you have all the crafting ability in the world what costume would you make who would you cosplay as oh my god i have done princess velvet so many times just because i adore being her um And it's just like, of course, it's the storyline of like a woman is right about the world being destroyed by something and everyone around them is just like, no, that's not right. Who's Princess um, Velvet? This bitch looks crazy. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's with like, this like forest bitch. Now, and she, her weapon is basically a chain with little crystals at the end of it. Am I looking yeah, at it? Have, yeah, I have it tattooed right here on the... Nice. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, I just love that she's a forest witch in a brawn panty set. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? She, you know what? She looks comfy. <laughs> <laughs> she truly is. She's a chance. I don't know him. Yeah, Osiri, I do know them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's I good. Think so, Sophie, what about you? Yeah. I don't know. Oh God. Can you be my Actually, stellar Uranus so I can be Neptune? <laughs> <laughs> there was like a really long time where I was just like, what if I just got really, really buff and then I could just be Lieutenant Surge from Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. Because I do fucking love Raichu so much. He's my favorite Pokemon. Raichu, Raichu is pretty cool. And they make a cool combo, too. You could have, like, you could have someone, you know, significantly less buff beer like Raichu. It's like Honestly. Kind of like volunteer distribute. Me. It would, yeah. Or I guess if I had unlimited money and supplies, it would maybe be someone from Kingdom Hearts. I'm not sure, though. Because that... I mean, I've done a handful of Kingdom Hearts cosplays, but, like... To really just go for it, mm-hmm. balls of the wall, every belt ever known to man. So many belts. Yeah, you basically have to find someone who cosplayed as Lulu from Final Fantasy X. Yes. Steal all the belts off of her. Yeah, truly. And then, yeah, then you'd have enough belts to play Sora. She doesn't look like she can run in that outfit, so no, I think you got her beat. 
I think she just levitates. Right? <laughs> she walks with a little like Moogle plushie right? and she's yeah, like, here are my breasts. Incredible. I love that yeah. they were like, we're going to give this woman like power, powerful spells and a deeply infantilized personality. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I feel like I built anime. myself. Yeah. Exactly. Really? I like look at like my stuffed animals in my apartment that I've like kept since childhood. I'm like, I get this. I really do get whoever designed yeah, YouTube brand. I, ha- oh, I have cool. a th- I have a thruple. Uh, my mom refers to them as a thruple. I have three stuffed men mm. um, that are from Target. They're like little little guys, and my mom refers to them as a thruple. I just keep gaining men because that's just how this is going to work out for my life. Little stuffed um, men. They're just dating. It's fine. Okay. I have okay. a sailor. I have a a, a scuba diver and I have a um, lumberjack. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. The, the three men service industry. Yeah, <laughs> we love the service industry here. Not a single tech job among them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hands off. All right, my answer to this question. Yes, please. Is, um, do you guys remember Ivy from Soul Caliber? Oh my god. Do you Hold remember on. her? I like the second you look at her, you're gonna understand completely why. But she's basically this like cackling dominatrix. <laughs> Huge tits. Um, oh, bitch, yeah. Wearing nothing Ivy but Valentine? Like a, like a metal bikini. Yeah, Ivy Valentine. And her weapon's a sword that's also a whip. Oh, my God. How is she not tipping over? Okay. It's like big old, yes. <laughs> big boobs. Big right. old bitties, yes. yeah. So I used to play as her, and my dream is to like eventually cosplay her as like full drag. Because first of all, like her severe Karen, like let me speak to your manager, like haircut in white. Mm-hmm. Like a sleigh from like, you know, chopped down. But then you get to like the rest of her and it's incredible. I um, love a thigh high stocking that's attached to a garter that's attached to a bra. Yeah. It's like full on ass <laughs> it out. It just goes all the way up. So she's a very hard character to play as in Soul Calibur. And back in high school when I was on the swim team, we would have like morning practices on Saturdays. And so like the whole swim team would like, you know, we'd have our whole... I was going to say rehearsal. We did our whole practice. And I was, uh, I was a diver at the time, so I also had to show up for these as well. And then we would go to, like, someone's house and have, like, a breakfast. It was, like, the tradition. And Soul Calibur was, like, the game that was really popular. So I used to, like, I made a name for myself on Swim Team playing as Ivy, just, like, kicking ass as this, like, you know, whippy dominatrix lady. Um, and I've, I've just had, like, a fondness for her ever since. So I would love to one day get to, like, cosplay as her. I feel I just saw like a, a cosplay of her and it looked like very, very like on par with like one of the images I had just swiped by. Um, yeah. That would okay, be yeah. a oh, great cosplay. Your cosplays now, they're absolutely, they're absolutely crazy. <laughs> just every, every gay man cosplaying a woman. Brom panty set. That's yes. I want to look yeah. up cosplay now. I was just looking at like pictures of her, but I need to see how people have manifested this in real life. It's pretty I mean, impressive. I mean, yeah. these I'm looking at some very wild costumes right now. That's insane. These yeah. yeah, these are the costumes that you like put on, you walk around the convention center for like yes. an hour tops and tops. then you like s- slowly make your way back to your hotel room. Uh, yeah, <laughs> also, pants. about like this cosplay also involves like prosthetic ass, prosthetic boobs. Like there's yeah. nobody that no one has this body. No like, one shaped this way, like, yeah. No one shaped this way. <laughs> Although I will say that, like, one thing that I really enjoyed, like, getting into cosplay is that, like, increasingly there's, like, this movement in cosplay that's, like, okay, we're cosplaying, like, cartoon characters that are drawn with, like, these crazy proportions, but, like, to aspire to this is, like, absolutely fucking ridiculous. And so, like, yeah. that's the kind of cosplay. Like, I, w- I wouldn't do a prosthetic tits and boobs. I would just be, like, I would be, like, my old, you know, like, you know, quarantined soft self 
in a course in like a corset with like a with like a bloody whip. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. my idea of me in this mm-hmm. cosplay. Just, just another closet cosplay for you. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the hair I've got to get, but otherwise, I think I have the outfit. I, th- yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure if we trim this, I'm sure it'll work out. Here you go. That'll yeah, be fine. Really. Well, that's my that's my dream cosplay. I'm also I'm working on a few things too, but I don't want to say anything that I'm working on right now because I want to like debut it and have it be a big surprise. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I've been following yeah. your um, Twitter with Clarabelle, and uh, you like retweeted something from them, and the account just said "Shut up, Ryan." on like one of the tweets and I was like I spoke about that the other day with Sophie and I was like this is quite the energy I love it yeah so uh, people should I don't know when this episode will go out but yeah if you if you aren't like find myself in Clarabel A. Ortega because we've got a secret project that we're working on and I'm very excited so we're we're releasing so right now it's October 16th so I don't know when this will come out, but at some point we will be releasing what this is. And I think, I, I think specifically like the like Twitter book community is going to lose its shit. <laughs> when I'm they, so excited. Oh, we've done. I'm very excited. Specifically the two of you will probably be like, it's very up, up your alley. I think. Ooh. Oh my God. I'm so excited about that. Mm-hmm. I saw the, like the, you guys have been <laughs> dropping hints um, oh, yeah. that you're doing, <laughs> doing something together on there. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I'm at a loss for words. Cause I have no, I'm not good at guessing stuff. So I'm like looking at it. I'm like, this could be anything. <laughs> That's good because the hints are awful. They're really bad. I think when you find out, you'll like be able to look at it, but like they're truly no one's gonna get it based off these like nonsense hints that we're giving. Some of them aren't even like real hints. They're just whatever we feel like. We're truly trolling everyone, which is it's just like here's a picture that. of a hand sanitizer and a curtain. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. I love it. Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> so yeah, every hundred followers our Twitter account gets, we're releasing more hints, but I think there's no risk of people figuring it out. So eventually we're gonna actually announce what it is. So yeah, if you're listening to this right now, find me on Twitter and you'll probably see something in my bio about it. Perfect. Also, if you're listening to this episode and you don't already follow Ryan on Twitter, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Oh my God. Unwell. Deeply. It's unwell. Just, truly. It's a world of pain. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you asked me earlier, what was wrong with me? I'd like to yeah. extend that question to everyone who doesn't follow you on Twitter. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And myself included. <laughs> oh, you don't follow yourself on Twitter. You follow yourself on Amazon. I do. Oh my God. I love that you know this. Yeah. So I I'm love such a creep. And it stalks everyone. I, it's truly incredible. I don't know that I followed myself on Amazon, but I guess if you identify yourself as an author on Amazon, <laughs> it like follows yourself automatically. But getting an email being like, you followed your first author on Amazon and seeing that it's yourself. <laughs> Very like like looking glass moment for me. <laughs> it's you looking down in a mirror eating goldfish. Oh my yeah. god! It is that. I'm oh, never no. using that. I honestly, I've watched that multiple times. The one with Phil Stamper too. Incredible. The relationship that you two have is unreal. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I <laughs> I can't send him anything. Every time you do something and he responds or like you threaten to put his book in the trash, it's just like, <laughs> I really feel revived. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. It's, uh, it is very funny because some like him and I and Clarabelle all share like one brain cell. So something will happen and we'll immediately like, it'll be like chat. Like our chat will just like immediately blow up and we'll all say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I I enjoy him immensely. Um, he's truly wonderful. He started the whole book in the trash thing. Anytime I send him an arc, he puts it in the trash, which now I, I was like returning the favor when I posted his I love in the trash. That. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm so excited about your book. How do you feel about it, Trashy? You want it? <laughs> <laughs> but that belong in the trash because it is truly like my indulgent, like queer rom com. You know, I love thing. this. So and like I don't know. I I told myself. I didn't give myself any nose when writing it. So it truly is informed by like all of like my bad taste, but in book form. So the fact that people really like it so far, like all the earlier reviews have been like glowing, which surprises me because I, I didn't put a thought to like any of that stuff when I wrote it. I was just like, this is, you know, going to be whatever it is. Um, this is so, just how it is. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is what it's like. Um, yeah. I told the truth. So <laughs> I'm surprised that people like it. Well, when it comes to cosplay, I guess we like the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, right. cosplay is nothing if not meant to show the truth of things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. I feel like I should let y'all go because we've had you more than a half hour. Thank you so much for yeah, absolutely. staying absolutely. on while my computer decided to reset itself. But of course. Yeah. It was like, oh, Ryan LaSalle? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Yeah. That happens. It's okay. We went down yeah. a good wormhole, so it's yeah. yeah. That's great. I'm glad that. it I wasn't crawl really... beads this time. <laughs> was yeah, it was a little worse. It was probably, this is worse than... <laughs> Joey, I really hate it. I'm going to look this up after, but yeah, no, it was lovely chatting with you guys. Thank you again for having me. Back oh, on. before you go, I wanted to say someone actually took your you, like you laughing from our episode and edited it down and had tweeted it at you, and I forgot who it was, but I remember like clicking on oh, something no. that someone sent you that had your laugh in it, and I was like, wait a minute, I listened to that because I was editing it. That's taken from our episode. Wait, someone, someone, oh, this people do this to me all the time, like. I think it's because, like, I just engender a certain amount of, like, chaotic behavior on the internet. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Just no. a little bit, which I'm fine with. I'm not complaining, but I somehow, among all of the other random shit people tweet at me, I did not catch that someone turned my laugh into a sound bite. That's... <laughs> if you can find it, I would love to respond to it. I feel bad. I do, like... I do try to cater to this particular audience, too, so... <laughs> I think I think you did respond to it. I just remember telling Sophie, but I was like, someone stole something from one of our episodes. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I, this just happens. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> that means they listened to it. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they had to find that laugh. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> Please well, keep doing that. Yes, we will let you go. Thank you for anime laughing with us. And thank you so much for talking about Bedazzled with us. Oh, absolutely. I hope you guys absolutely love it. And I'm sure, I hope I get asked back to talk about more random anime stuff soon. Anytime. Oh my God, love to. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Have a good night, you guys. Night. Okay, Lots of love. Bye, Finishing up part two of episode 69, nice, is Lev Rosen, author of Camp and Jack of Hearts and Other Parts. Hi, this is Lev Rosen, and this is the Super Lit Podcast, and I am not Ryan Patrick. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm perfect clean cut. Yeah. So we decided that for our 69th episode, we would um, do something a little bit different than our other episodes and have our author friends come on and tell us how they've been doing and talk to us about any other new stuff or anything that they already have out. Um, the last time you had you were on, we talked to you about Camp and Jack of Hearts. Um, and there are so many things behind you that I didn't know about. <laughs> oh, you don't know about my adult or my middle grade? No, and it's funny. I've looked at your like email signature that like says the different books, and I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and my yeah, brain has, is just like it delete. has all the little covers. And if you click on them, it takes you to probably Amazon because some of them aren't available on Bookshop because they came out too long ago. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's so cool. The cat is sneezing in my lap right now. It's oh, really good. Cool. <laughs> Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Bring them to the mic. <laughs> this this episode is just about cats, clearly. Yes. Oh, Not cats, the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Both <laughs> topics I'll be okay with. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have two adult books and two middle grade books as mm-hmm. well. Um, if you want to hear about those. the uh, I... I I read like everything, so I write everything. So there's really very little. In- I mean, even between camp and Jack of Hearts, in terms of genre, it's mm-hmm. like one's a sweet romantic comedy and the other is a sex ed thriller. Um, <laughs> and like, really, the only way I got away with like keeping a brand in YA is because it's all gay. Um, and in YA, that counts. <laughs> um, but an adult, it doesn't count so much. So my stuff is like all over the place. My first, very first book, which is almost, oh my goodness, nine years ago, almost to the day. No, it was a couple of weeks ago that it came, well, in nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called <laughs> All Men of Genius. That's that one right yes. there. Um, and that is a... <laughs> steampunk mashup of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night and Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest. Oh my God. Yeah. And with the, uh, <laughs> this is one like a lot of people who I write YA for would love, but again, it is many years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are looking for another Lev Rosen book and you've finished my YA, this is a great one to go to. But uh, it is... 18-year-old Violet Adams um, is determined to get into Illyria College, the best school for math science in Victorian London. She's a brilliant inventor, but it's a boys-only school. So she disguises herself as a man and enters under the name of her twin brother, Ashton. uh, And she is one year because their father is in America determining where time begins um, and in that one year, she's determined to like, wow, literally every professor at school and then reveal herself as a woman so that they have to let in women and everything will be great. Except that when she goes to drop off her application dressed as Violet, she meets the young headmaster, Ernest, um, and sparks fly, which she ignores. And then she like encounters him again in drag, but the yeah. chemistry is still very much there. <gasps> Um, uh, yeah, it's, and it's the, uh, Violet herself is a, you know, a cis straight women, woman in drag, but her brother Ashton, it has rotating points of view, her brother Ashton is very gay, um, and there are lots of, yeah, lots of different characters, lots of fun stuff. The big thing that makes, that keeps it from being YA is essentially that the romance is between her an 18 year old and him like a 26 year old, which is definitely not a YA thing that, and we get perspectives of older characters. Um, and there's a lot of sort of like relationships that would not be in YA, but it feels very YA. It was, they tried sort of selling it as new adult when new adult was just becoming a thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's a fun book. I think it's a sweet romantic comedy. And if you love Oscar Wilde and Shakespeare and stuff, I think it is. I mean, I'm, I'm still proud of this book. It's a fun book. It's a fun book. Okay. So I will be picking that up later (laughs) to read. Uh, The importance of being earnest is like my favorite Oscar Wilde play. I'm very excited. Oh, (laughs) yeah. If you like the wild, it's funny. I, one review said it really was like reading a lost novel by Oscar Wilde, which is like the 
greatest honor I've ever received. And then, Mm -hmm. like, even though I do drop in lines from the plays in different contexts and stuff, but, like, there was one review that was, like, he didn't even write, like, 10% of this. And I was like, I did. Pretty sure there were no lines about robots in the wild or the Shakespeare. Are you sure? There were no killer (laughs) robots. I'm like... I'm like 50% sure. <laughs> oh, I'll we'll have to really reference quick. the text again. But, Excuse me, yeah. Oscar? Yeah, I have a question for <laughs> No flying. He was status. ahead of his time, but I don't know about that far ahead. <laughs> We're unsure about that. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I love a comedy of errors. Let's, yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds like something we need to put on our reading list. It was a fun list. one to write, and it was, it was fun to publish, too. It was a weird, like, your first time... Selling a book is always weird, but I do remember this. They sent me to a steampunk event just, like, right after the book was published. But they didn't know much about it. It was in Philly. Mm-hmm. It was... Um, and it was very much a, a, a mix of things, let's say. And people were in costume, and they were like, all right, you're just going to go up after this woman. She's a dancer. And I was like, okay. Hmm. And the... The performance that was right before my first reading as a published author was a woman dressed as Wednesday Adams, while on the screen behind her, big photo of Christina Ricci in the first Adams Family movie where she's like 12. Big old shot of that. And this woman dressed as Wednesday Adams performs a burlesque. How did I know that was coming? <laughs> yeah, so she like she takes off her clothes. At one point, she gyrates and then takes a rubber hand out of her skirt because like it's thing. And like so, yeah, I I definitely my first professional reading was after a pedophilic burlesque routine. Huh. Like honestly, part of me would have been more okay with it if not for the giant picture of a twelve-year-old behind her. Yeah, that really yeah. Threw me. Um, so then I get up there and I like attempt to read from my book. <laughs> wow. That no sounds pretty uh, sure by fire. It's a glamorous yeah. career, folks. Be a writer. I <laughs> honestly, that <laughs> I feel like that's a perfect thing to ha- have happen right before you're reading. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was like, all right, okay, this is what you've gotten yourself into now, Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Dirty Diana for introducing me. Um, and now to talk about my book. <laughs> essentially, essentially, yes. I've, I have a lot um, of friends that go to steampunk conventions or like, a, a, and uh, I feel like I always get told like, oh, you should go to the burlesque shows because I do burlesque when I'm in drag. And I always hear like the strangest things about like at anime conventions, like the Final Fantasy burlesque show. And I'm like, I have avoided them so many times because I'm like, I know something's going to happen that I'm not going to be able to like fully understand or be able to tell someone about because it's just like something like that where it's like mm-hmm. this weird thing happened at a burlesque show, of course. Yeah. Final Fantasy Burlesque also sets off warning bells for me too, because even though they definitely never like are portrayed as being teenagers mm-hmm. in the video games or even look them at, but if you read the like instruction booklets cover to cover, like I did as an obsessive person. Oh yeah. Like, they're like 14, 15 sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that as a burlesque. No. Uh, prudish if you must. Yeah. I, I think like the first summer I was in Philly, we went to a, uh, Hayao Miyazaki themed burlesque show which was 
questionable at first, but the MC was like amazing and was like, listen, guys, most of these fucking characters that he writes about are children. So we're very delicate. We know what we're doing. And then someone came out and did a full striptease as Hal's castle. (laughs) And the finale, she had the castle. She had like full built armor. And then the finale, she had little calcifers like as nipple tassels. And I like lost my whole mind. It was perfect. (laughs) That sounds fine. That's a great way to take something from a children's movie. Artistry. (laughs) I would accept no face. No face doesn't seem to be There was a no face. At one point, the MC came out in like, she had done a costume change and she was in like an extremely small, like barely there, like string bikini. And she was like, this is my radish spirit cosplay, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It was very good. (laughs) Yeah. See, uh, there are ways to do it. It's just like, mm-hmm. don't be the child stripping and you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be the General child characters. Good in life. <laughs> be the inanimate, uh, but also sentient moving castle instead. Yeah, be the castle. <laughs> don't be the child, be the castle. I mean, I feel like that is a good, that's just a, something to aim for. You don't want to be the child. You want to be the castle. Especially <laughs> when it comes to stripping. Yes. <laughs> Um, speaking of things that are inappropriate, there was something going around online. I don't know if I spoke to you about this. Um, it was an adult woman on a YouTube channel talking about books that made her horny. And I think I I remember seeing Jack of Hearts was in that pile of books. I mean, I watched it because I was like, what the hell's going on here? And like, she, she did. She's okay. So she's a sex educator too. And I know okay. sex educators. I consulted with sex educators about the mm-hmm. book. Um, and she does open sort of discussing the fact that, like, you know, sometimes we're turned on by things that we don't actually want to be turned on by. Sometimes we're turned on by things physically that we're not turned on by mentally. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, she goes through all the terminology and stuff. But then she's like, and now here's a list of things. And she doesn't, like get into how she feels about all of it. And I felt like if she'd done that, it would have been complicated, but better than it was where it was just sort of like an introduction, like sometimes things turn us on. Here's mm-hmm. some of those things, like <laughs> without any additional content. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 and that made me, yeah, I didn't love that. You know, Jack of Hearts is specifically about not fetishizing. Yeah, I think that's like so, that was the thing. That's <laughs> like, what really sent me. Like, I yeah. Oh, I just this was like a topic that came up in a group of friends, and I saw that like Jack of Hearts, and I was like, okay, so I've read a lot of those books, and specifically this one. Let's talk about it. So, uh, but I think she also didn't help herself, and I know that like youtube you're trying to get clicks and views but like the thumbnail she made was so awful because it just Mm -hmm. was like her winking and then it's like horny or something in like a cute font i was like there's nuance here there's nuance and we need to talk about it Mm -hmm. yeah no and like if if that had been more of the video and if it hadn't really just been like her sort of listing books and be like you know i mean she had a very nuanced opening and then it just all went away Mm -hmm. um uh, but i think I believe she had good intentions, if that means anything these days. Um, And like, you know, I don't hold her against her. It just made me feel very, it made me feel very tired. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's a great, yeah. That's exactly. I can, how I can I imagine feel. being like really exhausted after watching that video and just being like, "Wow, it's it's one o'clock. What if I just went to bed? <laughs> I think I just lay down now. I think that's okay." She's not like the first person to essentially be like, "Yeah, this book turned me on." She's just yeah. the one who got the most attention for saying it. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, no, I've definitely gotten people being like, like women too, who just would come up to me at events or have emailed me and be like, this book really got me going. And I would be like, yay. <laughs> this is a podcast. I'm doing the thing where my hand goes over my head. Because like, the, the meme of like the person like looking at the thing and it's like, this is the meaning of like the entire thing. And they're just looking straight ahead and they're like, boys kissing. I love it. That meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was a little, I mean, it was, it was, sort of funny and then sort of exhausting and then everyone was like i'm so sorry this happened to you and i had to be like don't worry about it i'm used to this which i suppose is a very depressing answer but like also it's kind of the reason i wrote the book in the first place so it's like yeah this isn't shocking to me why is this shocking to anyone (laughs) (laughs) haven't they been living my life for the past x years (laughs) haven't they been on the internet for the past 15 or so years this is on the what kind of the the way it is (laughs) unfortunately it's bad it's just also i think the thing that like me i looked at that list of like books like simon versus the homo Homo sapiens agenda was on there and i was like what what in that book made you horny (laughs) the masturbation scene i forgot about that (laughs) I always forget it because it's not in the movie. <laughs> no, it's not. He also doesn't have a sister in the movie, which I immediately was like, what's going on? Um, um, well, also, yeah. Aristotle and Dante was on that list. And I was like, there's a hate crime in this book. And I, why are you, what if that might have been what it was? Hospitalized. <laughs> Is that what got you going? Because I have, have been. questions. <laughs> that book made me really sad, like in a good way. Like it, yeah. it gave me like a good, like, cry, but I wouldn't put it anywhere instead of a list of books that made you horny a list of books that made you sob (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure there's overlap yeah oh yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but i this is where like i really feel like if she'd given more context about Mm. like how she felt about the book making her horny or why she thought it like 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 i said opened with so much context and if she'd just done that for the books like i feel Mm. like it would but because she didn't it becomes this sort of silly thing that we make fun of and like I feel bad about it because I don't want to make fun of sex educators because I really respect sex educators and I think what they do is important Mm -hmm. um so like the whole thing it was a very like weird nuanced thing for me because it was on Twitter too and you can't have this is why I never tweet like you can't have nuance on Twitter like all you can Mm -hmm. have is memes and I'm not very good at those so like it's just yeah, so there was not really much of a conversation to be had in a way that I could I felt I could have it. But like mm-hmm. I don't like I don't think there should be any like anger at her necessarily. I just think oh. it's one of those things where maybe she should try to redo it a little cuz like like mm-hmm. I said, great start just kind of mm-hmm. gave up. <laughs> well, I feel like that's like a lot of things in life. It's like you had a good idea, it just wasn't executed super well. Yeah. Um, and she said she was doing it because someone else had done it. So I didn't, I didn't go back and look at that. Like maybe mm-hmm. there's a, a, a rhythm to these, this particular challenge of horny books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it uh, was a, yeah, I think it was something that was going around booktube, but she was 
maybe, well, maybe she was just the person who got the most attention for it, but I think she was also one of the people who had a lot more YA in her list yeah. and a lot more like boy YA specifically. And Which that was like the issue. We talked to like, yeah. And like, if she came out and she's just like, you know what? Like, I'm into two dudes getting it on. I would be like, you know what? Respect is like, so am I. To be into that. I yeah. get it. <laughs> just as long as you don't like turn it into a thing where you think all gay men are there potentially just for your mm-hmm. sexual pleasure, the way like, yeah. you know, it's, it's the way straight men are with lesbian porn. Like if exactly. straight men are turned on by lesbians, I'm like, all right, whatever. As long as they don't then make it into a thing every time they see two women kissing and they're like, yeah. Like, that's when you become a disgusting human being. Yeah. Like, when your sexual fetish becomes something you apply to actual human beings who are not consenting to that, that's when it gets weird. Um, uh, so it, it wouldn't bother me if she was just into gay dudes. But it, the children thing is weird. Like, the mm-hmm. teenage mm-hmm. thing is weird. And then, like, yeah, the lack of context. Just, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, now I'm sad again. I'm tired. I'm tired again, guys. Now we're all going to take a nap. Strange, uh, exhausted I am. <laughs> um, well, so I, I don't want, if you can't talk about anything, obviously no pressure and we can adjust, but do you have anything you're currently working on? I can say one thing, which is that um, it was announced on Saturday, although it won't be, so it was announced at, a, at the School Library Journal um conference on saturday they announced the school library journal best books of the year and camp is one of them so that was very exciting yeah that was was awesome there's going to be like a full official article in the next magazine issue of school library journal and then they'll be online like end of november ish but it is official there's a live stream um they cannot take it back (laughs) <laughs> um, so yes school library journal one of the best books of the year i'm really excited about that um it's amazing yeah especially being married to a librarian oh <laughs> very exciting he had nothing to do with it just to be clear but <laughs> as far as you know actually underground library collective i didn't start selling ya like i wrote ya but then mm-hmm. he was actually the president of yalsa young adult library services association and he was in charge of sort of appointing a lot of judges to um award committees for a, the one year he full-on appoints and there are two years where he would consult when he's incoming and outgoing president and so for those years uh we decided it was a conflict of interest and i just didn't sell ya oh wow we thought that was like a moral issue. So I, yeah, we I recognize mean, this might be crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you married the president. You just have very strong morals. He was morals the president I, when I married him. Ooh. <laughs> well. Yes, I was first lady of Yalsa for a little while. <laughs> Did that involve a tiara? That. I feel like it should. No, I did very little. <laughs> <laughs> I went to one dinner. Oh. Yes. Fancy. It was, wow. it was not fancy. Have you been to a conference? It was not fancy. <laughs> we would love to go to book conferences if anyone wants us. <laughs> I would just embarrass myself. It would be a nightmare. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Though. You're next to me, so I will do that for the both we of would us. Embarrass- You'll be the We'd handler. just be like, oh, God. No, don't, don't give me that response. And then please shut up. No, you won't. I'm embarrassed yourself. Don't worry. 
At least no more than most people do. Oh, that's Can you do like... <laughs> Unless you take that as a challenge, in which case go for it. I just envisioned us doing like a podcast recording, but like Billy on the street style at a conference. <laughs> you should a hundred percent do that when there are conferences again. Okay. I will we'll just like uh, go run up to people on the street. How do you feel about queer literature? <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite book you've read this year? Um, just screaming. I will give you a dollar if you can name one YA queer author. What? what? <laughs> name a woman. Um, <laughs> no, you should a hundred percent do that. Yes. Oh I am a hundred percent. Yes, if you don't do that now, I'm going to be deeply disappointed. All right, I, I will text my, I have like, a, for some reason, a, like a group of friends that I am uh, have become close with the last couple of years are all librarians. I don't know how it happened, <laughs> <laughs> but I will send them, I'll send a message to our group text and be like, so guys, I have this idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next, next time you go to a conference. <laughs> Make it happen. Yes. All right, it's in the works now. Um, <laughs> We're manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other thing I wanted to ask you, um, I know usually around this time of year, so we're recording on the 28th of October. Do you like spooky things? This is um, Yes, but with qualifications. Oh. <laughs> I'm what not are the a gore person. I do not mm-hmm. care for gore very mm-hmm. much. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not a jump scare person. I okay. like, mm-hmm. I guess I would say more I like eerie things. Okay. Does that make sense? Like yeah. dread, yeah. that kind of thing mm-hmm. that I'm into. My but everyday like, at the mall. Uh huh. Yeah, but like if you're gonna show me like some slasher film or you know something where I don't know, like a lot of the the horror stuff that like my friends are really into, I'm just like pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's a no for me, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but or you know, you, as, like- as a former goth kid, certainly this is my time of year normally. Oh, yes. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> but I, I admit, I do usually go for the, like, I'm an Adams family goth. There's just okay. no getting mm-hmm. around it. Mm-hmm. Dream is to be Morticia Adams, all uh, I've ever yes. wanted. I just yeah. want to always have perfect lighting. That's just, like, I would like to step <laughs> into it. across the eye, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> florals. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, was it pastel? It was pastels. I'll see myself out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can leave. Sorry. Perfect lighting, always following you around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I mean, that would be good. So, I in guess in the future what, there will be drones that provide that. Oh, good! <laughs> I love Amazon now. <laughs> <laughs> I would find like to distance myself from this yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, not book related, but are you doing any like? projects and stuff like uh we when we talked to mason they had said that they've been working a lot on art and like learning how to skateboard and stuff Mm -hmm. like that during quarantine just like fun little not professionally associated like do you have like side hobbies anything fun like that (laughs) so you're skateboarding are you all are you also skateboarding (laughs) (laughs) or are you a rollerblading kind of gay (laughs) Back in the day, I was. Yes. Uh, I was a roller skating kid, let me tell you. But um, no, I mean, I live in New York City, so generally I don't leave the house because there are people outside. That's Um, that's the best, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and now people are scared. Well, no, people were always terrible, but now they're also kind of worrisome. Mm. Um, (laughs) But a fun fact is that New York State decreed librarians essential workers so my husband goes to work every day oh. uh, 
but the library is, uh, his library is only open for browsing by appointment, stuff like that. So it's pretty good. Oh, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that it, it's, it's all relatively safe, but because I do try to visit my parents now and then, um, I try to avoid literally everyone else in the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just Fair. to be safe. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, we love to hear that. <laughs> hobbies wise, my go-to hobby that I love with a passion is natural dyeing. I did a Ooh. whole DIY with with Mr. Dasala and oh, yes. um, La Sala. I call him Dasala. I mean, it's Dasala. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. I'll never, he'll take it as a slight. Um, I don't know if it's gone up yet, but maybe it'll go up at some point where I taught him how to dye things with vegetables and stuff. Um, And I love doing that. And I've posted some stuff on Instagram before. Um, And my parents in Connecticut, they let me just grow stuff specifically for dyeing. And um, mostly I just like to say I'm dying over and over again. But... uh, um, (laughs) They have lots That's of That's the Morticia Adams coming out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that and natural dyeing is amazing because it, like, as a pagan, I never feel witchier than when I am, like, full on. This is a thing of boiling water that I have taken silk wrapped in berry vines and, like, I, ru- like, rust dust, essentially, put it in the pot with some other like powders that are essentially just ground minerals. And then this silk wrapped with berry vines and I put it in there and I boil it for like three hours. And like, yeah, <laughs> you never feel witchy or doing stuff like than doing mm. stuff like that. And it comes out beautiful sometimes. Ooh, that's cool. very fun. I, I obviously not the same thing. I've been really wanting to tie dye stuff. Can you tie dye mm. like that way? Yeah, like with you can that. tie-dye with natural fibers. Tie-dye is just a technique where you essentially use folds and tension to prevent the dye from getting to certain places on the fabric. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you can do it with any kind of dye, chemical, natural, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, at the beginning of uh, lockdown, me and my roommate did a bunch of bleach dye, tie-dye. So yeah. that was fun because I have gently less just plain black shirts now some of them are orange and black <laughs> very spotted so yes. um that was very fun so maybe natural dyeing will be the next venture that sounds very good i feel like that's Start something you would love to cabbage Ooh. go out get a red cabbage you can buy supplies at dharma trading company they're wonderful i love them i've been using them for years and then they they have instructions too on there but essentially you want to prep you want to buy a silk scarf because that's like the easiest thing to do. And who doesn't love silk scarf? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you want to prep it by boiling it essentially in salt and um, alum, which is like cream of tartar kind of, I think. Mm. Um, and then that just lets the dye stick more when you then chop up a red cabbage you can put it loose in the thing or if you want less of a mess you can get an old nylon and like make a cabbage tea bag (laughs) that's cool and you boil that for an hour in the water then you put the scarf in and you simmer that for an hour and then you just like let it wait overnight but the fun thing about red cabbage is when you are dyeing it it'll be purple unless you screw with the ph of the water 
this happens with all natural dyeing, but with red cabbage, it is like super obvious. So purple is pH neutral. If you add acid, it'll turn bright pink. If you add base, it'll turn blue. Ooh. It's really fun to play with. Wow. Oh, I love Hello. that. <laughs> I'm going to have to like harass Ryan into putting that episode that, up that you guys did. I think he's, it's because I told him he could wait. He put his, his scarf, uh, in a jar for a while with the dye and I told him, you know, you leave it by mm-hmm. windows, they'll leave it as long as you want and it'll get more and more intense. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's just left it there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> been months. And <laughs> like uh, at this point, I don't know if it can get more intense. I don't know. I've never done it for that long, but maybe uh-huh. it can. So he's just sitting there waiting to write like a long weird he's just tweet staring about at it. it. <laughs> yeah. It's going this is the the scarf that I dyed with my friend Lev, and then in the future it will be a different color, and then I'll stand longingly at my straight neighbor that is cute and flirts with me. <laughs> we did a whole um, an Instagram live about it when mm-hmm. we were doing it together. I did my scarf. I wanted to use black beans, which I'd never used before. It came out Ooh. okay. It wasn't mm. great. It wasn't great. I think they need to be so- like pre-softened. <laughs> What, how did you learn to do this? Was this from camp? Is this something that you learned at, at one of your <laughs> no, many? I just, God, why did I even get started on that? I think I was reading something and I was like, that sounds so fun. <laughs> and because that. my parents have this garden and mm-hmm. like there's access to all this stuff, I just bought some books on it and I got really into it. And I have in Connecticut at my parents' place where I do this and I have to like really prepare and figure out what I, I have some beautiful raw silk mm-hmm. waiting to be dyed and then sewn into a garment of some sort by a professional Ooh. who is not me. Um, <laughs> but I have to figure out what garment I want and what I would want, what I want to try dyeing it with. And I haven't figured mm-hmm. all that. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to figure that out. That's so cool. I um, I I wonder if I can take any of the plants that I have like growing in my garden. I'm uh, a plant gay. Um, it's like mm-hmm. I feel the most powerful during the summer, even though I feel like it's way too hot out. All of my plant babies are blooming. Um, and the ones that I really love planting every year, they're called four o'clocks. They usually bloom around four o'clock, and then they mm-hmm. stay bloomed all night, and then they close and then reopen. Um, they're almost like morning glories. Um. But they produce like seeds. Every flower gives you a seed. And I like thought about figuring out if I could make tea out of them because there's just so many of them. I was like, I wonder if I could like do something like this just because it's going to end with you dying or probably really die. <laughs> dying <Both>. or dying. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Like, <laughs> which, yeah. Tea really- is one way of dying. <laughs> tea from a mysterious seed. Yeah, they're really pretty, so I'm assuming they're poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you most plants will dye something yellow eventually. <laughs> but if you want, like, really fun colors, mm-hmm. it's... Actually, I will say, one of the prettiest colors that I've ever gotten is from Carrot Tops. Oh. It hmm. creates a lovely green gold um, that Ooh. I think is very pretty on silk. Um and it, you have to use, fun thing about natural dyeing, you have to use fibers that come from animals. Oh. So silk, silkworm, wool. Oh, yeah. Um, I've never, I don't know how leather would work. I don't know how that would work. But um, hmm. cotton will not 
take to natural dyeing very well at all. And wool, you actually have to scour, so just use silk. I have to sleep. I should be sleeping because of my hair type. I should be sleeping with my hair up in a silk scarf at night. I just don't do it because I haven't found one that I like. Um, maybe that is the way to do that. I just yeah, make one I like. Wow. Look at you. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> silk hair wrap. Yeah. Oh I want to wake up like I'm in the 40s and have my hair up and just be like, oh, it's morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's very glamorous. That's just oh, what I've always wanted. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, just Big like your hair. gown, turban. I wasn't expecting company. Oh my gosh, so my husband's dead. Stilettos. <laughs> yeah. My nine-year-old husband's dead. I can't believe it. <laughs> you find him. Come in, offices. That's not where I yeah, left him. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I need to. I need to smoke something really quick. You should read my other adult book too. That's Death. my hard <laughs> Yes. Ooh. Um, that one, it's a hard-boiled noir that takes place in a future New York where the ice caps have melted, so it's like 20 stories underwater. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. So it's tops of buildings, bridges between them that people have built. If, you, if that sounds fun, if like Blade Runner Global Warming sounds fun to you with like uh, plenty of, uh, uh, let's say, sapphic eroticism... <laughs> at least Amazing. I think so not everyone catches it but like mm-hmm. in those old noir books I always find them so deeply homoerotic when I was writing this oh my god like, yeah. a lady detective I am going to make sure that like she and her not partner but like her close friend there's like a lot of her roommate yeah <laughs> her friend I'm just um, pals. Even as she's screwing dudes. And then there is an amazing young gay kid in it who I love more than anything. Um, yeah, no, I love that book too. God. It's <laughs> a good amazing. book. It's got an amazing cover list. too. It looks really good. I think out of the book, like, obviously I love Jack of Hearts and Camp, but like the ones I have, that is gorgeous. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. It's got a, it's a gorgeous cover. Wow. I also love, like, your bookshelf is so beautiful. I see Death Prefers Blondes there, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> over there? I don't mm-hmm. know if you can see that. Can you see? Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe at the very corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just in the edge of the frame. And Fell of Dark is there. Yeah, no, I mean, truth be told, like I said, I was setting up for all these things. So there are mm-hmm. actually also big old piles of books on the floor over there. Which we normally can't see are like littering, the sh- and you can't see the far shelves, which are mm-hmm. a mess. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad it looks nice. Yeah, your bookshelf <laughs> looks really. Nice. I, I uh, for the first time as like an adult, um, I have like an actual bookshelf that isn't like a little tiny thing that I put video games on, um, and it's, it's it's like really gratifying to have my books set up. Um, and I'm looking at it, and I'm running out of room, <laughs> so I'm just like, huh, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Although I am realizing you can't see above it is... There's more? So this book was written... It's not even really a book. (laughs) An anthology of practical and clever phrases by my great-grandfather. Oh, wow. It was originally in Yiddish, but my aunt got it translated recently. And it's like, there's one short story at the end, but none of this, I don't think the short story is something he wrote. I think it's just stuff he liked there are a lot of like family books like these in Yiddish. And every time I turn to it, I find a new, 
a new golden turn of phrase. A woman who is never flirtatious is always boring. <laughs> oh, my God. oh no! Yikes! <laughs> Me talking about myself. <laughs> You're never flirtatious. Not at all. Never. <laughs> I've never accidentally flirted with any of the married authors that we have spoken to at once. <laughs> Winks with both eyes. Um. <laughs> and then, like, like the, the whole world loves lovers. Well, okay. Mm. Like, so it's all over the place. It's very uh-huh. weird. I love, I love that. that. That's so cool. It is cool to have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my when I was a kid, my brother had made for me a book... I think he titled it, you, you don't, it's something along the lines of like why a monkey pissed off an alligator's mother. And it's like clearly like a, it illustrated like, and it's like five pages. And I just, it really stuck with me. And I think about it a lot. I have no idea where it went, but it was like something my oldest brother made for me when I was a kid, when he was away. I love so, that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find that. Yeah, it's probably somewhere it. in my yeah, <laughs> probably somewhere <laughs> in my like mom's closet of books that I mm. keep finding things in. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, we just really wanted to check in and see how everything was, um, and just like have an excuse to talk to our friends again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do that. I mean, <laughs> you don't need a podcast for that, guys. <laughs> <sighs> we can't let them know our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> It was wonderful talking to you. I am going to go finish Mr. LaSala's book, which is really good. I mean, I still have some pages left. I don't know. He could could ruin it at the end, but I'm going to trust him not to. Ruined it on the last page somehow. I don't know how he did it. Where he wrote, and now we must kill Lev. (laughs) I mean, that 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 sounds like a fun exciting ending. he turned around, he was behind you. Or what if he, like, really flattered? I might be flattered. Uh, here's the thing. Oh? If he is behind you, he's actually disguised as all of the books. You open camp. It's very possible. He's cosplaying as my bookshelf. Yes, you open camp oh and God. he unfolds. <laughs> like a paper crane. I feel like that's something oh, he no. can do. It's very possible. It's very yeah. possible. I think that he might be a witch power. of some sort. <laughs> he's too powerful. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. Oh, no. Thank you. Always a pleasure. I am Lev Rosen, and this has been the Superlit Podcast. And now it is over. <laughs> it has been decreed over. You see that episode? It'd be shut down by Lev. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Thank no, you. That was very good. <laughs>